0: Welcome back to Authentic Influence, the show where we get real with the world's top marketers and find out who's really striving to become more authentic in their storytelling and strategy today. I'm your host, Adam Connor, and this week I'm so glad to be presenting our interview with Jed Berger, the Chief Marketing Officer of Foot Locker. We cover a number of really important topics today, like connected loyalty and experiences, how Footlocker accurately represents and advocates for its consumers, and finally, some not yet public ideas and concepts being launched by Footlocker's Greenhouse. More on that to come. Jed's got a lot of great opinions and he gives it to you straight. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. Please sit back and enjoy our interview with Foot Locker's Jed Berger. Okay, everyone, I am so excited to be joined by Jed Berger from Foot Locker. Jed, how are you doing today? Thanks so much for joining the show.
1: I'm good. Thanks so much for having me.
0: It is uh, wonderful to be chatting with you, Um, though uh, not the first conversation we've had in footwear. We did chat with Chris Davis over New Balance earlier this year, but I think we're going to have a slightly different kind of conversation specifically because of uh, some of the the newer things that you are doing in the market today, uh, especially with regard to the secondary markets and then ultimately, of course, with regard to getting as close to consumers as possible and building relationships. And I can't wait to get into all of that. But let's start, let's back up just one second. I'd love for you to explain for me and our audience uh, a little bit about your journey to get to this point and to this role at Foot Locker.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, not that there is a, uh, not that there's such a thing as a linear journey, but mine um, certainly has not been um, anywhere close to that. When I was in college, I went to GW in D.C., uh, when I was in college, I um, was doing, a, obviously, a variety of internships, and when you have access to something like Washington, D.C., you really need to take advantage of it. So I was actually first interning for a congressman, but then I found my way into some, some sports um, internships, which included a company called uh, Sports America. And they owned the property to the McDonald's All-American Game and, at the time, the DC Capital Classic, which was the Reebok, actually the Reebok Capital Classic, which is now the Brand Jordan Classic, um, which probably people are much more familiar with now. Um, And so I was doing a lot in the basketball space, and I had met some people from the company Hoops TV, which was owned by And One, and this is, um, not to date myself, but this is early 2000s, like 2001. And Hoops TV was, uh, if you don't remember it, it was sort of a hot commodity in the, in the dot-com era um, and it was it had amazing content, um, but probably the video capabilities from the user perspective weren't caught up to where they um, could have the business model that they thought. Um, but the content was amazing and I got pretty close with some of those guys and we decided to take the content platform and put it into a print magazine. So um uh, there was a print magazine that was really led by a digital business model um so myself and a few others we started the basketball magazine dime um and uh that was right out of college very entrepreneurial we shared a uh we shared our first office in New York city was shared with a a, a new York city modeling agency it was like i was twenty two years old and it was like a dream come true <laughs> and we had never, none of us really had much publishing experience, but we were, we figured it out. Uh, we we acquired a second magazine called Bounce. We started a agency called Ninety Four by Fifty, and we eventually um, had an online network of sites um, that was included of things like. Um, nice Kicks, or Kicks in the City, or Hoops Hype, or Real GM, some really influential basketball and sneaker sites that are still around today, and we are representing them from an advertising perspective. And we built a really nice small business for ourselves, uh, Dime being the sort of thing that we are most known for, but not necessarily the thing that we made the most money for, to be honest with you. Um, we, From an agency perspective, we were doing a lot of work for uh, Everlast, and the CEO of Everlast, who actually also was a GW grad, uh, went and became president of Modell's Sporting Goods, uh, which is a a, a a northeast-based sporting goods company owned yep. by Mike Modell. I know it well. Yep, and um, and he went and became president. And uh, you know, Models was a, was a little bit of a turnaround at the time, um, although it had an unbelievably strong heritage and um, a great footprint in New York City and and New and the New York area. Uh, but he brought in Seth was going to bring an entirely new leadership team, and he uh, he asked me if I would come be the his s v p of marketing and I thought you know i 'm twenty eight years old at this point it 's a it's a it 's a significantly sized company and i and i I thought it was a good transition for me to go from sort of startup mind and an entrepreneurial and bring that into a independently owned but much more corporate um, you know much more commercial i 'd say much more commercial company. Uh, so I did that, and we had an incredible couple of years there, um, and sort of built my reputation in the industry, um, built my reputation internally, learned a lot about retail, uh, made relationships with the with the brand partners, and uh, about two years into it, found myself with some some options of where to go next, and Footlocker was was one of them, uh, and you know there, it was more in the it was more in the direction of what I wanted to be doing next to, which was, um, you know, really building great point of views and great storytelling and great creative. Um, at that, at that point, that was really where my head was and, and also helping strategically get this, uh, this incredible standing brand, uh, to a, um, to, to, to just continue to mean more. Um, so I went and became head of brand or, um, brand VP at, at Foot Locker and Kids Foot Locker, and um, then did that for, for a while and eventually um, was promoted to, to chief marketing officer for um, our portfolio of brands, which is Foot Locker, Champs Sports, Foot Action, uh, East Bay Kids Foot Locker, uh, and Lady Foot Locker.
0: So a journey which encompasses a, a number of different industries, certainly some fantastic connections, pretty savvy jump, though nonlinear, as you say. Yeah. I, I guess to, to to level set to build a foundation there of just what makes what makes you tick and then this might help to inform our later conversations about what you're doing with customers today. Over time, what have you found to be some of the guiding principles that you've carried personally with you to help Full Locker get better at what they're doing to help you build stronger bonds with with the customers and consumers and the fans that you have.
1: Yeah. Um well, I mean, first of all, I mean, it, it goes without saying, but you, you really do need an amazing team around you. You really do need positive energy around you um, and, and you need a high value um, group around you. Um, and I know that I'm starting out by talking internally, um, but you, you, you really need that. You really need that great culture and that great team. Um I I I tell people this all the time but I feel incredibly fortunate at Foot Locker because it's it's an incredibly high value organization. Um from our CEO to Dick Johnson to our North American CEO Jake Jacobs to um to to really all down our leadership team is just a extremely high culture and group of just very good humans. And what 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 tends to happen with that is you bring in a lot of really good humans. <laughs> um it's a place that people want to work um and it and and i say that because you need you need the team to be empowered and you need the team to be trusted and if they're not in in their in their they tend to be more reacting to the consumer than strategically understanding uh the role you play within the consumer's universe and you know i think that it's 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 very marketing ease or business ease, but like you really do have to know your value proposition. Um, You have to understand what value you play in the consumer's life that nobody else can because distinction at this point is a must. Um, You can't, you absolutely have to add value to the consumer's life. And I think, you know, there isn't a business model out there today that isn't under pressure Every business model is under pressure, from new to old, um, to you know, it's just, it's just it's just the way it is. The world evolves very fast, so you really have to know, be extremely authentic. Know your role. Know what you um, do for the consumer that nobody else in the world can, and create distinction against it. And if you're doing that, you're gonna be okay.
0: Well, I think we would we at the show and all the all the listeners we have would would agree with that strongly uh, we know from all the folks we've heard from that you need to be custom and connected and know what the value is and be adding that value. So love that answer. Mm-hmm.
1: I, and by, I think when you when you when you see some of the investments we've made as a company or you, you know you, you um, and you see some of the big moves that we've made and we, we continue to to, uh, to evolve we really do. Um, I think you, you can see where we're really putting value proposition first.
0: I definitely have seen that. And I can't wait to ask about some of that as well as some of the efforts that you're doing to build from within. Uh, But let's I'm going to get to that. Let's start just the pure customer experience, because I know recently you noted that building connected experiences for consumers is a priority for the organization. And I'd love to get into how that affects content and loyalty down the line. But from a top level, why is that important to you?
1: You know, honestly, it's it's directly related to to what I I just said. Uh, you know, it, it's all of our jobs here. It's not the marketing department's job. It's not. I mean, it's all of our jobs here, um, to con- to connect to the consumer. And you know, we we have um even from the product we sell, we you know we sort of have a a cheesy saying in here that, and and we did it for a very strategic reason. That it's it's concepts over colorways at this point, and the what what is what is selling to the consumer is great ideas. and It's not the red and white color, fourth color of the blank shoe. What is, what is selling to the consumer is a connected idea that they can get behind um, and that they can, that represents something about them, whether that's Game of Thrones ultra boosts or that is... Um, a product that that best embodies their city or best embodies their values, uh, the or best embodies their favorite food, their favorite restaurant. It's it, it people are people want to buy what they feel connected to. What they it's it's much more about the experience than it is about the tran- the transaction, um, and what we sell is social currency. And and you 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 for for the kid that that wears the product that we sell, they want they need they need something to to showcase a little bit more about who they are.
0: Well, I you're speaking my t- type of language, so I I totally get, I totally get where you're coming from. And in terms of the consumers and that experience that you hope to build and to gain, would you say the same uh, the same principles hold true for a connected loyalty program? I know that that was another priority again to be building these direct one to one relationships.
1: Yeah. I mean, so loyalty is actually a really interesting subject here. Um, it's one of the ways that we are transforming. Uh, we have, so I, I went through all the different, um, I went through our portfolio before. So we actually, for years and years and years, we have sort of kept walls up between our different properties. So we didn't make it abundantly clear that Champs, Foot Action, and, and East Bay were all owned by the by the same company but we've we've developed extremely strong sharp points for each one of our um banners that said so every each each banner had a loyalty program that looked very similar because of systems and from, from more than anything from the efficiency there um but really didn't deliver to a specific value prop in 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 the kid's life it it was discount oriented it was it's it was I mean, it it is a little bit hard to articulate the benefits from it. So, we are throwing that program out, um, and we're in beta mode testing an, a new program that will launch later on this year, that's called FLX. And honestly, the the best way to describe it is it's sort of like the if you know the Starwood Marriott, well, I guess now Bonvoy, it's it's sort of the Starwood of sneakers, right? Where, um, you will now be able to earn across our entire our entire portfolio of of Um, brands that we own um, plus potentially some others down the road and you'll uh, be able to um, use those points in a central redemption center for everything from early access to launch product to um, experiences that you won't get anywhere else to potentially product opportunities that you won't get anywhere else to gift cards to um, don't community and and social purposeful um, contributions to and donations um, to other cool experiences from the, our brand partners, so I, I, I and those will be catered right down, personalized right down to the to the consumer group to the consumer group that we're catering to. So it's one program amongst our entire portfolio, but the but within the redemption center, those rewards will be tailored to you.
0: That is a really cool thing to because I don't think I've heard about this in the in the sneaker world before or really anywhere to uh, have that. I mean I know connected loyalty experiences are becoming a thing but to not only get access to, you know, uh opportunities from all of these banners uh, but to exclusivity from these banners too it seems.
1: I mean we we want we want to incentivize you to buy your baseball equipment, your cleats, your receiver gloves, whatever from Eastbay. Um and we want you to you know, buy your Air Force 1s from footlocker and we want you to buy your kids blank from kids footlocker. And, you know, we, we, we want you, um, we, we want to incentivize you to stay within our family. Um, and we want to get, and we want you to have benefit from staying within our family because a lot of people already do and they're just not benefiting from it.
0: Yep. But now you're really, you're unlocking a whole lot. And, um, that's in a primary market, which is great. I want to talk for a second, I want to shift gears for just a second, because there are a few markets that I have witnessed over the last couple of years, and maybe it's just because it's been publicized more, but gain more popularity and really appreciate more, maybe even on a dollar basis, than, than the sneaker secondary market. I mean, I remember it was just a couple of years ago that I saw the kid who everybody uh, probably knows now as Benjamin Kicks, he's a sneaker entrepreneur, going on Snapchat with DJ Khaled, now making millions and millions of dollars. Selling sneakers on a secondary market. Now, you and Foot Locker have made some investments recently into this space. I'm curious as to the uh, philosophy around that and also in this same vein, how this creates extra opportunity for Footlocker to be building these direct relationships, these connected relationships in a much more authentic way.
1: Yeah, well, so we invested into Goat Group, um, which um, obviously the, there's the Goat app, and then they actually also own Flight Club, which is sort of the OG in the business um, from a physical. So you know, we thought there was a lot of interesting things there from you know the, from both the physical and the and the, and the digital partnership. Um, the uh, the and yeah, you know, the secondary market it, it is a, a part of sneaker culture that that is is undeniably important, and. Um, and you know we when i talk about our value proposition one of the things that that we that we say is that we bring and we celebrate sneaker culture with the world and um if you look at some of the things we are doing um expanding into asia we're, we're oh, we have a, we have a new store um community store model where we bring our best expression out of the mall and right to the community. We just we literally just opened an incredible store in on on 8 mile in Detroit. Um, you know, right into the community in in Philly. Uh, and so when you think about the secondary market, that's a piece of sneaker culture that as Foot Locker, we feel like we can A, add value to from an authenticity authenticity perspective and making sure that that um people, everybody's buying authentic product. And also, you know, I just talked about FLX, you can start to see where there's continued benefits from a loyalty perspective across um, the secondary and the primary market.
0: Yeah, I see that for sure. And um, I think it's a really smart investment to be making. Um, In my opinion, getting something on, on a secondary market, no matter what the product is, is going to make for a much more inherently sort of raw and by that nature authentic experience of course you're also making sure that you're getting authentic product but that sort of less highly produced environment is where i'm sort of going here because that to me is what strikes a more sort of down-to-earth real experience but no matter whether it's secondary or the primary to get these amazing in-store and amazing experiences through the entire Foot Locker family I'd love to know about some of these experiences you're currently driving for consumers and specifically how you're taking advantage of that. I mean, you, you've said that connected programs and personalizing experiences are so, so important. I imagine there's plenty that you're doing in order to to leverage and amplify these individual stories and experiences that are being told and um, increasing your influence in the meantime. I'd love to get your perspective on that
1: too. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a great question and something that we we look really hard at. Um, we, we definitely feel like we're advocating for our different consumers. And each one of our brands, our banners, our Foot Action, Foot Locker, East Bay Champs, advocates differently for a, a slightly different purpose and builds experiences that emotionally connect on those purposes right so where champs is much more in the sport lifestyle and the espace is sport performance and foot action is much more about the self expression and the style and foot locker is really for the sneaker obsessed our banners are tasked to build authentic and connected experiences that emotionally relate to them and that's both from the product That's both from the products that we create, the way we tell those stories, the social purpose that each one of our banners has, um, which I think is a place that we're trying to formalize and really um, make bigger impact, whether we feel like that's weighing into conversation socially or whether that's activations within the community. Uh, I think that the the foot locker team has done a a great job in the power store that or the community store that i just talked about model where they are um activating where they're activating locally they're they're giving um people in they're giving influencers and different creative talents in the markets the opportunity to perform to show their gear to sell their gear um in philly we have um, a, a a brand that we're really empowering called Live Life Nice that's done extremely well. Detroit um has Detroit versus everybody and 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 a couple and a couple other different brands. So we're giving we're we're trying to to empower the local communities within the lens of um sneaker and sport culture, or at least sneaker and youth culture, um and give them a chance, give them a spotlight and a chance to shine. So I don't know if that that if that completely answers your question, but really, it's it's our our each one of our different banners, our tasks, our tasks to advocate for their consumers and connect with them on real experiences they're creating from a from a product storytelling perspective and an and an experience perspective all across the journey, whether that's within digital, social, or in store.
0: It makes sense—a comprehensive, complete experience for everybody, everywhere, all the time. Uh, completely understood, and I'm glad that that's what you're striving for. And in those fully developed environments, especially, it's important to have those experiences. I'm also curious, and I know that there is a great deal of investment happening uh, within the concept of incubation, specifically within Greenhouse, which I know is a relatively new development at Footlocker. Locker. Yep. And when you are working within that, first of all, I want to hear a little bit about that. And then also would love to hear about how what you've just said building these strong connected experiences and being truly representative of your customers everywhere, how centrally that plays into how you incubate those new ideas coming through that greenhouse.
1: Yeah. So um, I, can, let me explain greenhouse quickly. So um, it, we we, were, we launched greenhouse internally um, probably eight to 10 months ago. And we were, uh, you know, we are, we are an, an Foot Locker Inc. is an in, does an incredible job um, delivering commercial success and um, and delivering to the annual PNL, to the annual P and um, And what we wanted to do was create focus uh, um, around incubating new ideas, new partners, and just um, pushing really pushing us and the industry to places that we that have. Been unreachable, that have been unresourced, and 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 maybe even occasionally make us a little bit uncomfortable. But we wanted to create focus around that, so we brought in a team, a small but mighty and incredible team. And we wanted what we and what we wanted to do with that team is 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 keep them out of the way of the things that prevent us from attacking new ideas and new thinking. So we literally um, move, we don't have them in our office. Although they were here today, actually, um, but we we, um, we don't have them in our office, and um, and they have they haven't launched publicly yet, um, but they are um, a, a true incubator for the organization, and it we, we have them building out into three different um, sort of silos. One is called uh, concepts. One is called. Uh, collaborations and one is called Think Tank and concepts. Concepts is really how we work with our, um, our our brand partners and new brand partners either differently or we incubate new new brand partners. They're doing some actually, you know, you, you mentioned um, Chris Davis and New Balance. Uh, I'm they're doing some incredible work with with um, with New Balance. And then creators, uh, I'm sorry, collaborations is how they work with with creators that we haven't necessarily had the opportunity to work with and just really discover new talent. Um, so with both of those, you you um, you you a have the opportunity to incubate new brands that that and build them without the pressure of performing an incredible huge commercial success today, but ideally bringing them strategically so they can become a valuable part of the of our portfolio over time uh and, and with with creators it's the same way you can find um hopefully you find talent to work with in really culturally um relevant ways and um and 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 they can become a bigger part of the industry over time and then the last one is think tank where um the 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 team is challenged to to really stretch the organization stretch our thinking um and push us to places that that we haven't been before whether there is product atta- attached to it or not, um, and and honestly, some of the um, some of the investments that we've made uh, have have been um, a part come from think tank. Um, Superheroic was actually a brand that that um, the, the greenhouse team really recommended us talking to. Um, so that 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 group will launch publicly with a consumer facing shopping app. And the idea behind that is the is the app will will literally tell only one um one story at a time. So um one of I'll give you an example. There we're launching a a franchise called O One. Um, they're launching a franchise with um with Dalie Chow, who of public school, which is a really connected sort of fashion meets streetwear. Um, brand that's been around for a little bit and it just does ama- am- amazing things. And and Dow Yi um, is is a uh, is sort of industry famous and uh, an incredible guy and and has seen the fashion industry be one of sort of the worst about waste. And um, he's been a part of it and he wants to to do something about it. Um, so, he, and he's also been a part of the hype community where PSNY public school, New York, and something like a Jordan have had um, hype product. And, and um, he wants to can now take those two incredible passions of his in, in, um, in better intentions and sustainability and hype and use them to help not only educate consumers, but also educate um, and, and work with brands to build with better intentions. So we're going to have a platform through Greenhouse that will also build into the rest of our ecosystem that will produce with our brand partners pr- product that has both that was both built with great intentions with sustainability in mind and also has the hype that the sneaker culture loves and 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 is driven by and fueled by and we'll bring those things together. Um, and over, and we'll drop um, different prod, um, different collections over time. So that's just a, that's just one way that that um, we're incubating an idea. We're connecting it to a really powerful and needed uh, industry and con, and and um, consumer passion point, and we're growing it from small to hopefully. That's a great thing that if that if that can become mainstream, if that can become mainstream and develop consumer brand within our ecosystem. That's just one project that the team's working on, out of like fifteen to twenty.
0: So you got a lot of things going on, but those are that's. I'm glad that you mentioned it because those are the type of things, the, the qualities of things that I was, I was hoping that you would say, given uh, sort of your principled stance on being uh, connected and being direct and being innovative, building hype, as it were.
1: And I think that the, the important thing about about greenhouse is we had to create room within the organization to have to create focus on next that we can't just be in the now and it's and when you talk about important values having self awareness is incredibly important and this is a company that has it so it goes all the way back to your company values the company has enough self self-awareness to understand that this is a place that we have room to grow to have focus against thinking about where we could go versus where we are today and the company's done an incredible job in the last i'd say a couple of years shifting its mindset to create to create incredible focus in the today which we do which we're doing a great job you know going you can go back to our earnings et cetera we're doing a great um our great job there. But also creating focus on, on making sure that we continue to innovate moving forward, and that there are teams that are, that 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 while they have to intertwine at times, are directly focused on both sides.
0: Well said. Um, I think that that's a really nice way to be looking at incubation, and I look forward to seeing everything that that gets released there. Um, sounds like a really nice way to be to be using resources. Um, last question for you, Jed, because I'm sure people are. Listening to this, and they've heard all the way from the, some of the stuff you're doing right now to build these experiences and these brands, all the way back to the beginning of our conversation where you mentioned sort of the non-linear path that you took to get here. And we have a number of budding marketers listening to this show. I'm just curious from your perspective, what's some advice that you would give to that person and just how to get more real with consumers? You know, I feel like people who are really passionate about their, their, their footwear and everything else that Foot Locker provides um, sort of is sort of that no BS mentality. They, they, want, they want a real experience. And you having a whole bunch of, of history leading up to this point, um, whether it's on the journalism side, the media side, or in the, the, the athletic world must have some great perspective on this so I'm curious for a tip or two from you
1: yeah so i mean i would i would say a few things i'd say first for the younger community that's that's probably just getting started find a way at the beginning if you can where you're not where you don't have to be driven by money meaning of course you need to, to make a salary and of course you need to make money, but find a way to um, to get the best experience and the best learning you can early on because you're going to have to, for your, your first however many years, six, two to six years, have to be continuing to learn uh, and making relationships. And building and 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 building your your identity as a professional, and learning what you want to do and where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are and working on them, and to do that, you 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 have you may need to go from place to place to place a couple times. Uh, in fact, your your really your your best chance at earning more over time is to go from place to place to place until you get to a foundation set where where you're building your salary. Um, at a higher point. So I would say, try to put yourself, whether that means you have to wait tables, babysit, move in with your family, whatever it is, (laughs) try to put yourself in a position early on where money is not the biggest motivating factor. Where learning, building relationships, um, and working on your craft is the number one thing. So that's, that's, that's the first thing I'd say. And then from a marketing perspective, this is um, I, this might sound a little bit contradictory, but I would say be a business partner and not a brand marketer. Uh, that doesn't mean you're not in marketing. That doesn't mean that you don't consider yourself a creative. That doesn't mean you don't consider yourself a marketer, but you be an entrepreneur, be a business leader first. Be the person who can take the company's unstructured thought and create structured strategy from that. Be the person who creates paths to solve problems, the paths to seize opportunity. Uh, Be the person who who creates the narrative um, and galvanizes your internal stakeholders, your external stakeholders, and eventually your customers. Um, And I would say do that all while being a positive force in the the company. And when I mean positive force, I mean have positive energy. Um, Be somebody that, that people want to be around um, that be be somebody whose personality is infectious. Be humble, but also make sure you're the person that it is is looked at as the respectful challenger. Uh, you know, I I play the devil's advocate in the room very very often. I like to think that I do it respectfully, and I like to think that I've earned the right to do it. Um, I also have no problem being the person to apologize. Um, I have no problem saying being the person to say I was wrong. Um, I have no problem doing both of those things, even when I believe that it wasn't true. I have no problem with um, with an idea not being mine. I have no problem with an idea being mine and giving it to some and giving it to somebody else because I think it gives the idea a better chance to thrive. Um, so those are all those are all um, I think pieces of um, what's made me successful and got me to the place that I am. Well,
0: I, those are two great pieces of advice, and, and folks, take take them to heart. I mean, this is somebody who clearly got that entrepreneurial spirit, has done a whole bunch of things, so that is words, uh, food food for thought. Jed, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the show today, sharing your experience, and I can't wait to see what Foot Locker has yet to come.
1: No problem at all. I can't wait to see what Foot Locker has yet to come, too.
0: Thanks again to Jed Berger from Foot Locker for joining us today on Authentic Influence. It was great to hear your perspective and learn a little more about what makes Foot Locker tick, or kick, as the case may be. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to follow us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're really inclined, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's always great to get that feedback. You can also write me on LinkedIn at Adam J. Connor, and you can find me via email, adam.connor at GoTheBoom.com. That's G-O-V-I-V-O-O-M.com. We'll be back again in two weeks with another fantastic story. And buckle in, we'll have Linda Boff from General Electric. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, for Authentic Influence, I've been Adam Conner, and you'll hear from me again
1: next time.